exciting. Because Well, don't we all want a little bit of cake sometimes? For Melody Beard, it was tea, cake and chill time which provided the starting point for a business plan. But it took a few more components before the whole thing got started. This week in Freelance Bristol Mum, we're going to be hearing about some of those components and how they're all important when it comes to getting a business plan together. Let's remind ourselves, how long was the idea in the making? The cafe is now about a month old and it's about a year and a bit in the making in my mind because I was on maternity leave once I had my daughter in 2012 and I didn't really have very many mom friends yet and so I was really desperate to sort of get out there, start looking around to see where I, what groups I could join and I found it a little bit difficult to sort of find the right place in this neighbourhood. So I thought, right... I'm going to have to try to see if I can create something myself. I gave myself this sort of timeline that I would, you know, sort of research. And then I sort of pushed it off for a bit. And then I made a news resolution the following year that whatever I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. So that was it. So that was the emphasis. And so then I thought, right, I'm going to create the kind of space that I know I want and somebody else out there must want it as well. Right. So that was the feel the fear and do it anyway moment. But there must have been some funding to help get things started. An organisation called SWIG, which is the Southwest Investment Group, they're a government-run organisation and they are based here through an organisation in Bristol called Brave, which is another sort of charity that helps people looking to start up their own businesses. And I managed to secure funding from them as well because you go through a process of they help you, they look at your business plan, they make sure everything, kind of the financials add up, all of that. And if they think your business plan seems viable, they will support you. Ah, oh, so Swig. That would explain why they were at the Play Cafe this week. I caught up with John Peters, the Managing Director of the Southwest Investment Group, and he explained a bit more. Swig's involvement was really to, to provide uh, Melody not only with the finance to, to get up and running, but also the business support to, to help her with the business plan and also provide a mentor through through one of our partner business support uh, agencies uh, to provide it with some on- ongoing support while the business get- gets established. Ongoing support. So unlike a bank, they don't just provide the money, they also provide the know-how. John Hector was Melody's business mentor, a business and arts consultant in this case, and here's one of the many things that he attributes to Melody's success so far. It's this thing about don't just trust your family and friends to say it's a great idea. What evidence have you got? What research have you done? Have you talked to potential customers in the community? And by coming in today, it looks like she did do a good piece of research and it was well validated and uh, all the things that in the plan about demand and stuff has turned out to be true, hasn't it? Well, it certainly has. And not only that... It would appear that The Hungry Caterpillar is a play cafe that is currently being showcased by the government. I'm Mark Swindles. I'm private secretary to the Secretary of State in Duncan Smith at the Department of Work and Pensions. We're here with some American guests from Global Entrepreneurship Collective um, who are a pre-seed accelerator program in Milwaukee in the United States. They've got a particularly impressive model um, that supports people to become entrepreneurs. We're trying to learn a bit about what they do. And as a first port of call, we're showcasing exactly how some great organisations in Bristol and the wider Southwest are engaged with helping people start new businesses. It would appear we've got some of the key components in order to get a business started. Got the idea. Check. 
Got the funding? Check. Done the research? Check. So how is the government proposing that we can do things differently? And how exactly are the Americans working? So our focus is to train individuals on the best practices of starting businesses without traditional methods. And so we've gone away from the MBA-like courses and are focusing more on customers and building value for customers. So when we look at a startup, it's not selling a vision, it's selling value to an individual that has a problem. It's starting to take a lot of the accelerators and a lot of the the entrepreneurs by storm in that it's very easy to understand because it's so novel. Uh, You wouldn't build something that nobody wants so we're applying the, the, basically the scientific method that we all learned in primary school of, you know, we want to have a bunch of ideas, we're going to test them, and before we invest a lot of money or time or effort, we want to see if people will actually pay for it. So any high-performing accelerator or organization that works with nonprofits, we're starting to get into that framework versus the business plan writing, the finance focus of, can I afford this? Well, let's figure out if people want it before you can see if you can afford it. Well, it all makes sense from where I'm listening, but what happens when the going gets tough? Will everyone still be there for the likes of Melody then? Absolutely, yeah. We're here for the the, the long haul. Um, The fact that we have our own um, ownership and control over our own funds means that we have the flexibility to work with our clients uh, rather than necessarily call in a loan if if the business is going through a rocky patch. Um, Our approach is is one of, of flexibility. Well, it certainly sounds like a really good recipe to me, but perhaps one of the most important components when it comes to getting a business started is making sure you've got a supportive partner. Well, that's why my husband had to be recruited into the job as well, because he was working at Bristol Zoo, he was working in in horticulture, and he's had to quit what he's doing so that we can do that, because it's not all plain sailing, it's not easy. So it's an incredible juggling act that I think you actually can't, fully appreciate till you're in it it's worth it because you feel a sense of pride in what you're creating and what you're offering but at the same time you think wow it was much easier to work for someone else (laughs) you mean it's not all about tea and cake well it is from a visitor's point of view and here's what some of them think it's a lovely space it feels really quite minimalistic when there's loads of things going on so my boy's quite young and he's just seems quite happy here as yeah, it's good. Good food, really good food. It's my first time and I think it's wonderful mostly because it's so spacious. Um, there's somewhere for every age of child, which I think is really good because quite often I feel a bit like babies can get left out um, because you're worried that they're going to get stood on. But there's a special area for them, which is brilliant. Um, and there's loads of amazing toys for the older children. And it just seems really sort of educational at the same time as being playful. It would seem it's a winning combination from concept to research to fun to mentorship to actually getting the whole thing open. Those are just some of the ways in which you can get your business started. But if you've done it a different way, then I'd love to hear from you. You can get in contact by dropping me a line on hello at freelancebristolmum.co.uk. Until then, enjoy the cake.